everybody, this is Lacey Knight and welcome back to another episode of Urban Whispers, the Lacey Knight Chronicles, the podcast that has been heralded for representing the voice of black women in all genres of romance, specifically urban, contemporary, multicultural, and interracial genres of romance. This podcast was created because we feel like these women deserve their flowers in real time. And we hope that we can empower you as you listen to Lacey and Isha and whomever else joins us discuss these books. It makes you want to read about them too and join us in our love and affection and sometimes displeasure of the content that these women create. But we also just want to acknowledge that we respect the time that they put into creating these books and um the effort that goes into it how amazing their minds are to create these fanatical worlds that they live in um all those things so yes we're here again this is the last episode for black history month and i want to say welcome back to isha she was not with us last week but she's back now yes i'm here welcome back how have you been thank you thank you thank you i am good now i had a um an off few weeks with losing my voice that one week and um what kind of crazy mess was it last week but anyway i figured the voice thing was god's way of telling me that i needed to shut up for a little bit so (laughs) right there you go take some time to yourself I'm like, are you laughing at me? No, it was a cough. I'm coughing. No laughter. Mm-hmm. No laughter. Okay. I think I have like allergies or some sort. I don't know. But before we jump into these books, there's a couple of things that are on my heart. And the first thing I want to start with, because we support and uplift Black women, and this has taken the internet by storm. And even though we might be a week late because this came out, the day after Valentine's Day. And so we've had this whole week before and now we're at the end of February. People are still talking about it. Have you watched or heard anything about this woman's story of who the fuck did I marry? No, I I saw y'all chatting about that earlier and I was gonna try to go through it before we talk tonight because I had a feeling you were gonna bring that up and I didn't because I was trying to finish that book but that's another story well child i'm gonna catch you up catch everybody up who has an idea but didn't want to watch uh, basically what this is is it's a uh, this woman was on tiktok and she so tiktok allowed you to record up to 10 minutes um of straight through footage and so she has it's a 50 part series um okay <laughs> so that is 500 hours of content that she recorded over the crux of maybe a week or two weekends or she you know she was sitting around talking and basically um this is a story of horror and things that women should watch out for because she was swindled by her ex-husband it's like who the fuck did i marry and so it's a 50 part series that's on TikTok. I think that somebody has ripped it and placed it on YouTube. So I can definitely give you the link. But um she lives in Georgia, very close to Atlanta. So I was not surprised that her ex was a 
scammer because everybody's a scammer <laughs> in Atlanta, Georgia. So, but um, so there's a lot of thoughts. I I did watch all fifty parts. I watched it on. Um, I sped her voice up, like I was able to speed the time up. I double timed it so it wouldn't last as long, and because it was just like, for me, um, I don't like the fact that this. It it makes it seem that because she's a plus size black woman that we have to sit here and just take the whatever and the reason i say it's like that is because she prefaces the start of the series with um i blatantly ignored all these red flags because i wanted to get married like she ignored countless red flags because she wanted to get married and the first one being that she met this guy on, on a on, so first this is 2024. They met during the pandemic, two weeks before the world shut down, um, before the United States, before Donald Trump told everybody to quarantine in place. And um, they met on Facebook dating. And apparently she matched with him on another app, but he had a different name, like maybe a nickname. And his real name was on Facebook dating. And so... It was a running joke between the two of them because I don't think she realized that they met on two apps and he did. He was the one that called it out to her and was like, you don't even realize that we matched over here and we matched over here. And so she starts off by saying, you know, they had great conversation. He um, was born in Philly. He lived in Georgia for a little while and he wound up going to college in San Diego. And so he stayed out there got a job at a condiment company and the company (laughs) regional manager and they moved him back to Georgia which I mean all of those things are plausible you know like the story at that point makes sense I know people who get transferred and have um Mm -hmm. and and the company will definitely buy them give them time to find housing and give them a stipend while they're looking for housing but all right that that part makes sense but it's not done at a regional manager level that's like for a vp director like it's a senior level position they're not going to just because honestly you could just hire someone in your region like or you no that's not so for me it's you're not got it you're saying you don't invest that much in a person not it's not not a, a manager no absolutely not you can you will definitely grant them the transfer but you're not about to sit here and get them a house and give them this large stipend it's a manager position it's not executive level but um she was uh enamored by the fact that he told her that she worked for the Georgia State Patrol as she's talking she doesn't sound like the type of person that's unintelligent or because some people would listen to this story and just based on how they work and things that they're saying it would make sense to them and I guess because I work in corporate America nothing he was none of the stuff that she was saying made sense to me like I would have known he was full of shit from the jump and I would have asked the appropriate questions that she didn't know to ask right out the gate. 
And I also would have just been questioning a number of things. So like they met and he was living in a small studio apartment and he was the he was supposed to have like a realtor assisting him with finding a huge house in Georgia. And um, so she was excited about that because she never owned a house. She lived in a really nice town home. And so these were things he picked up on the things that mattered a lot to her and dangled them in her face and made it seem like these are things that could happen. And so. Well, wait a minute, though. Wait, you did say she prefaced everything by saying she wanted to be married so bad. So it might not be so much that she missed the red flags as the fact that she ignored them because she wanted to be married so bad. I think there's a little it's bit of a both. difference, but go it's ahead. Both. It's both. She, cause when you watch it, you'll hear, she'll be talking and you'll be, she's like the red flags that she caught and ignored. Um, and then there's just things that she just didn't get. And so like him not having stable housing was a red flag that she ignored. And, um, they were together for quite a bit of time before they actually got married because they met. So President Trump shut the country down in March and they didn't get married until January 5th in the next year. So they were together from for a quite a bit of time. But um, but yeah, so you just listen to her talk and she just sits there and um she she just it's like i don't know because she didn't allude to the fact but it just seemed like she was just beat down and had horrible relationships before and she was just like so desperate to be in a relationship and so desperate for love that it was just like weird and so a lot of people have been focusing on the fact like the the main thing that people call out is the fact that she mentions that towards the end she realizes that he had cheated on her with like a prostitute and had oh. like inappropriate conversations with women in his Facebook Messenger but for me the cheating was the most minor thing that he did like that's not the problem like this gentleman pretended and and quite honestly if i think about the story in its totality he never put her at financial risk but he just always fed into a dream for her and he he'd be like oh i'm meeting with the realtor and i've been pre-approved for this chase loan for x amount of dollars and we can start looking for houses that cost more than half a million bucks and she would be like well who's gonna pay that mortgage because i don't make enough money to pay that mortgage and he was like oh i got it because i used to play arena football in california and i invested my money and i have two savings accounts an offshore account and just we're straight and also, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm missing something because that to me that doesn't even click because he's saying all this, but then back before in the beginning of all this, he's in a little studio apartment. And... Exactly, he's in a studio apartment that apparently that his company has gotten for him. Now, I will say this: typically, what happens if you're moved? 
they will find housing for you or provide you with the stipend. And if you have the type of money that this gentleman is alluding to having, you would typically take the stipend because you are used to living in a space of, of, mm-hmm. a, a, in a nice spot. So you would add to that. It's my thought. Um, and you're in the Georgia area. I can't amount, imagine housing being more renting would be more expensive or burdensome to you versus mm-hmm. you renting and living. And he had a house, apparently he was divorced and he was married before. And he had like uh, his, the wife that he was married to had two stepchildren um, and they had a house in California. So I can't imagine if he was being honest that his, whatever he's paying in California would be way more than anything he would pay in Georgia. Like, I feel like with my salary, if I were to leave, move to from DC to Georgia, I would be comfortable enough to continue to pay my mortgage here in DC and rent something in Georgia. You know, like it wouldn't for a temporary amount of time till I, till my company gives me this house or whatever the case may be. Like I could easily. And I am considering doing that. Not Georgia necessarily. I want to go back to Louisiana, but that's another story for another day. But um, but yeah. So he's he's telling her he has these things, but he he the his housing isn't giving that. It also isn't giving like corporate housing. Like even if you often when you stay in corporate housing, it has a specific look. Like they rent the furniture. You know they mm-hmm. they do the. It has a look. And so she kind of ca- very casually says it's just he's in this little studio apartment and she brings it up because they're trying to determine they've been dating for two weeks and she's trying to determine they're trying to determine where they're going to quarantine. They've already decided that they're going to quarantine together. So are they going to quarantine where he lives in the studio or are they going to quarantine at her house now? Obviously, they're going to quarantine at her two, three bedroom, two bath townhome that she's renting in some, I think she said Gwinnett County, some random ass county in Georgia. Um, She's very, she's like, I live in this county, but I want to move to Cobb County. And she wants to move to Cobb County because it's really nice, but she keeps talking about it. And so he, he moves in with her during the, during the pandemic and they're a couple. And so they start looking for housing and um everything has to be virtual like you know they're doing virtual showings virtual closings all these things and so they find a house this is the first house they find a house she loves it um he puts in an offer and uh tells her that yeah the offer is going through the place is under contract she goes on she does a few things that are smart she goes to realtor.com and look google and you know searches the address and she finds out that um the house is under contract so it's like the story is matching up in her opinion like things are happening and so this is going on he was just saying that you know based on the pandemic and things of that nature and having to wait for an inspection you we probably won't be able to get into this house until june so things transpire and the house falls through she she winds up calling the selling agent 
and they're like, oh yeah, we sold this house to whom, somebody, to an older white couple the day before. And so she's like, I, I've just realized that he's lied to me. Like, this is, y'all aren't married yet. You know what I mean? Like, they're not married yet. And so you found out that he's told a really big lie. And he's like, really fabricated a tale saying that he's working with this realtor. He did the down payment. He did the closing agreement. He did all these things. Oh. And the house is supposed to be theirs. And, um, and she took, she was like, I believed everything he was saying because I've never purchased a house before and I wouldn't have known the process. To which I would say, this was in 2021, um, you had the brain capacity to go on realtor.com and call the selling agent. Why couldn't mm-hmm. you have that same brain capacity to look into what it takes to buy a house? So I'm not the my issue isn't that I don't think he did these things to her. My issue is that I feel like she grossly exaggerated the story. And and I and if she did, kudos to her because it's for entertainment value. And she was able to monetize quickly her TikTok page because um from what I've read, it looks like she's made close to a hundred thousand dollars for <laughs> five hours of work. <laughs> Oh wow, that, that, that's a nice that's a, yeah, that's a nice house. little gift, you know. And so, um, and people are very interested in the story, and but I, for me, it's just like really some of the things. Like I said, she said she overlooked the a lot of things that she wanted to be married. I don't, I don't think she ignored anything. I just think that her goal was to be married, and she was going to do whatever it took. And so, mm-hmm. she finds not out, even thinking that maybe not I'm even thinking person. Yeah, not even and and that was the and that's the other thing for me that she said she grew up in the church like she has this traditional Christian background and um she's shacking up with somebody and she said I had a true problem with doing that and I was like you did not because well, if you did, did you wouldn't you wouldn't have done it you know like that wouldn't have been the case I know women who have grown and grown up in strict christian households who have because they are so conflicted with in their mind the sin of the flesh and want to be so close and have these relationships with their partners that um they i know people have just gotten married just so that they could have sex or they've got oh, yeah, a lot of people do because you're told it's better to marry than to burn and so i'm like if you were that pressed to get married you should have told him that from the jump like this is my christian belief i can't live with you if we're not married when we met and had dinner you we both said we were dating with intent we want to get married like that would be the case but no she went on and shacked up and like told her mama told her aunt like everybody in her family knew that she was sleeping and living with somebody and which I don't get because I know personally I grew up in a Christian household and there were some beliefs that I had that even you know despite now me being as old as I am and and things you know that I've dealt with there are certain things that I am not going to compromise because they're in me and regardless of how much 
I want something or want a certain situation. This is in me. It's part of me. I'm not going to go against that part <laughs> of me. Absolutely. Exactly. And so that's my, that was my thought too, just because I have, I am a Christian and I have my values and I don't think any sin is greater than another. You know, I'm not the judge, the whatever the case may be. Except for blasphemy. But yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, for sure, that one, obviously. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. Who am I to judge your sin or to say that my sin is any less than yours? Yeah, You're exactly. Right. So, like, I necessarily didn't have a problem with her shacking up, but the way that she um positioned herself, I was just like, I just know people who will be in the church, like the way that she described herself as being in the church, that would a hundred percent not be what would happen. And, um, and then further on in the story, after they're married, when you're in the church and this was during the pandemic and I am in the church now, like I go to church every Sunday and I'm a, a vocal I'm a lead soloist in our choir. Like I'm in church, I'm there. Um, I have access to my pastor, like, and I have access to other pastors that I've encountered being in various churches. Like, it's not hard for Mm -hmm. me to get access to a pastor. Further along in the story, she, um, I think after she discovers the inappropriate messages that he has in Facebook Messenger, She's like, we need to go to marriage counseling. And he's like, yeah, we do. And so she has to search for a pastor that would do marriage counseling for them through Zoom. And I was just like, oh, oh, oh okay. But, you, but, but you, wait, wait, wait. She's in church and she doesn't have a pastor? I'm, that, I'm, that's, I'm that's what I'm saying. And, and, she, and I was like, well, maybe she doesn't have a church in Georgia. And I was like, that's possible. However, comma, you grew up or in she church. She didn't want her pastor to know what was truly going on but everybody in her everybody that knew her knew what was going on with her like like that's not it she just didn't have you have a church and and this was during 2021 2022 when the world was still pretty much shut down so all everybody was doing everything virtual so you you're if you had a pastor if you grew up in the church your pastor would have chatted with you over the telephone or on zoom you know so it was just like things like that for me with her i was just like it's hard for me to listen to this story and believe it in its totality and also feel bad for you like a lot of people there they have a lot of empathy in their heart for her because like i said he would dangle he dangled home ownership in front of her he dangled buying a luxury car in front of her he would pretend to be talking to people on the phone and like legit like i'm i'm holding my phone in my hand i'm like hey girl how you doing oh word <laughs> oh each want me to tell you hi Isha, they said this back. Like, it's nobody on the fucking other right. end. But he's holding real conversations for extended periods of time with people that she comes to find out have died. Like, they're not even alive. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, he's created, like, fallacies. He gets the girl pregnant. She loses the baby. But they get pregnant. Um, 
he said he's like he has an older brother a younger brother and two there's like five brothers there's no one two three four brothers two sisters when she finally starts peeling the layers back it comes apparent that no he only has two brothers zero sisters and one of the brothers is his twin whoa right it's like why am i about it if that that's something that's easily checked but she never did that before she never she did. never met any of his family or she, i mean i understand she, it was during the pandemic but she talked to an aunt she talked to two brothers but apparently the two brothers that she talked to were not his real brothers she never spoke to his real brothers. She met a sister who lived in a quote sister that met lived in Douglasville, Georgia. We don't know who this person was, but it wasn't like the people that she met, he would say they were family members, but they weren't family members. Wow. <laughs> and right. And so I mean to to engage in, in that that much that you would have people pretend to be. Right. And I don't think that the people were pretending in their role. I think that he would enter, he would say, yo, we're about to go meet my brother. And these people would know him, of course. And he would be like, okay, this is XYZ, the person. He wouldn't say my brother, my sister, he'd probably say their name, but he's told her on the way, like, we're going to be my brother, John. And he'd be like, John, this is my fiance or this is my wife. Latoya, whatever the fuck that girl, Reese, Risa, Ressa, whatever the hell her name is on. And it's Reese not even her real name. They're going along with it. They're not going along with it. They're just meeting somebody. They don't know that they don't know what he's told her. They just know this is my friend and I'm meeting his girlfriend. They're not it's not like Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking that Okay, I'm thinking that they're actually in on it, helping him. No, nobody just, helped You're him. just saying nobody knew what was going on. Nobody was knew that he was, nobody knew what he was saying to her. However, everybody that knows him, once she started asking people questions, they were like, he's a liar. We don't even really like him like that. Like, he's not to be trusted. Nothing he says is the truth. You should be, you need to divorce him. You need to stay away from him. He's dangerous. And um, yeah, it was just it was just a lot. And I just really was like, women really do settle just to be in relationship. That was like the point of the story. You sit here, this society tells us that the only thing that's great about womanhood, because she's so pressed to be married, because that's the that's what we pitch as what is a pinnacle for success for a woman. You're in a marriage. You have to have a child. And if you don't have these things, then you're worthless. And I'm just like. That is very true. I'm like, it's crazy. It's. it's but I also. Excuse me. You know, I ahead. also think that the women that, that that tends to bother more. Is there are a lot of women out there who don't have the self-esteem to realize that they could have better and they don't have to have someone that would do that. Some women are willing to take that because they want a man and they know, well, not that they know, but they think that they aren't the type of, of woman that a man would be attracted to. So 
they take what they can get because they want to be married and oh here's this guy and you know what what he's saying you know some of this sounds kind of fishy but you know i love him so you know i'm 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 going to no but but they do or because the thing the is other thing is nobody wants to be lonely either and when you get to be a certain age i don't know how old she was but when you get he's to be a certain 40. when you get to be a certain age and you don't have certain things And you have, you know, there's always the the mama that's like, when am I gonna have grandkids? Or you know, the aunt that's like, you know, when you gonna be married? Or, you know, and all that stuff. And after a while, I think it kind of gets to people that when they don't have that, and they realize that their prospects of having that may be lower than the average person, then you know, they they do things that most of us would not normally do, and then they don't think logically about it because. Either they haven't had these experiences where they've dealt with these type of things, or they just want what they want so bad that they're overlooking it. Yeah, but I also think that at what point do you sit here and continue to try to live for everybody else and what they, what expectations they have and say, fuck that, I'm going to live for myself. And my worth isn't built up with whether or not I'm in a relationship. Like, take me you for would be example. really surprised. No, I'm not surprised. That's why this woman's story is not surprising to me because so many women feel like they have to be in a relationship. So many women will sit here and settle for the fucking pits and be miserable just so that they can say they're in a relationship. They, it's ridiculous. Like you can just look at all the skewed metrics that are out there about how they're not necessarily poorly skewed but the fact of the matter is black women are like the most educated most the most of most the most educated most decorated most smart most brilliant women people whatever race genre sex black women are at the top of education the top even though we earn 75 percent less than what white men make but we are just we we black women are the the we are the fucking pinnacle we are the ones however black women are the women who settle for the least like it's for black women it's like you and you you have your master's your phd you making 200k a year and then you encounter like i think ebony k williams got into a little problem because she was like I wouldn't date the trash man. I would date the man who owns the company, but I wouldn't date the trash man. And everybody was like, girl, you single. This man is nice. This man can clean up and cook for you and do these things. And she's like, no, that's not what I want. I want what the fuck I want. And I shouldn't have to settle because you all think that I need to just take Ray Ray because he's nice. Like the fuck? Because no other race of women have to settle for that. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of get that part, but but then I guess because um um also you know the odd bird that but think um yes I would want somebody who would be able to be supportive financially. I would not want to be the breadwinner. But that being said, you know there would be a lot of other things that I would.
look into as far as that. Like I, I would be thinking, okay, he, he's got to be making enough money to keep us afloat, but there are also other things I'm looking for in a relationship and him, you know, being able to do everything financially and, you know, being able to provide certain other things that that's not, you know, always the, the thing. There are going to be other things that somebody brings to the table that are just as important. And I'm not looking at the fact he's a trash man. I'm looking at the fact I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm looking at the fact just because he's a trash man. I don't know that he doesn't have money that he's invested in things. I don't know what else he's doing. You know, so just to You're assume right. that yeah. because someone's a trash trash man or whatever that 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 they aren't on the same level as you i mean i I get that yeah no that's you're right but that's not the point that i'm trying to make what i'm saying is black women are often forced to settle and it's just thought that we will take the bare minimum of a requirement to just be happy because we have to do this because there is this thought that black women are just difficult to be with. We have attitude problems. We're violent. We're angry. We're moody. Like there's this, this stereotype that black women have so much so that when we enter into relationships, we have to pretend or just accept or deal with anything because we know that men don't value us in the same way as they value other women, other races, other ethnicities. And on a public spectrum, because I have to say it is on a public, I've never personally encountered men who think like this, but the public optics show that most men aren't interested in dating or even being with black women now i have to say it that way because that isn't my life i haven't encountered any men that i know and i know a lot of high value wonderful men i know a lot of day workers i know a lot of i know a lot of quality gentlemen they don't operate in that way however society has painted a picture of that's what it looks like which is why this story about who the fuck did i marry interests me a lot because she's doing everything that people say we would do to be to have a relationship like she's clearly ignoring the things about him like this man, somebody found out who this man is on, on the internet. And now you can see what he looks like. He's actually gone on TikTok and said that um, old girl is lying. We separated because she cheated on me and she slept with a coworker. We did go to counseling. It didn't work. Nobody believes what the fuck he had to say. The point is, when you look at him, he's not giving vice president. He's not giving wealth. He's not giving brilliant he's not it's not giving any of those things like you don't look like the picture that you painted interestingly enough though she says that because remember i said that he's a twin 
his twin brother who lives like in Kentucky or, or somewhere in middle America, his twin brother is all those things. She never talked to the twin brother because at by the time she started going through everything, she had already kicked this man out and she was like, it's, it's a done deal. I don't necessarily need to know anything more, but um, his twin brother was all those things that he wasn't. So he was trying to live that life or at least pretend to live that life through her, through him. And so that, for me, that's the whole thing. Like you you sit here and you tell women that their value is in being in relationship and being a wife and having kids and you browbeat them into thinking that that's the way that they're supposed to be. Other, otherwise, there's something wrong with you because you choose not to be bothered and y'all everybody's just up in arms and because this woman was bothered and got played by an atlanta scammer that (laughs) that's the wild thing and i and i do think like it takes it takes like some time like i was married and divorced and shout out to him but a lot of people thought that he was beneath me i never operated in that mindset that he was but um it didn't work and i've been single for this might be my ninth year now um and i've just really enjoyed my space i people often ask like you ain't dating you don't have a i was like no i don't have any of those things i'm chilling i'm fine like i have my daughter she's very busy i have this podcast i have my job that's very busy i look around at my life and i'm like Whoever I encounter has to be a hell of a person because I can't see you fitting in my scenario right now. Like I can't visualize it. And it's interesting when I tell women that the look that they get on their face, it's a look often a look of you're perplexed. I'll say not all women. I'll say straight heterosexual women. Cause my lesbian friends be like, girl, fuck these niggas. Ah, la, 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 you know, but it's often it's often people don't i don't know if people don't believe that i feel like this of course there's like you get lonely and you want some companionship and i'm cute i can go out here there is a whole i got a whole roster if i want to make a call i can get i can get the itch scratched oh the little black book huh Huh? not even black book anymore I said no, it's not, book. no, it's not, not even, even a black, black book. book. It's an iPhone 14. I just sit up here and you know, I casually <laughs> and I keep, I keep, I keep them, I keep them at bay. I'll send them a little text, but like, oh, you so cute today. How you doing? Da, 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 da. Like they know what time it is. I'm not fucking with you for real, but when I'm fucking with you, we need to fuck with each other. But it's like, no. <laughs> and sometimes, and, and I've often, and I even have had like the, the thought at times too, like I am happy with being single, but I'm often like, should I get into a relationship so that my daughter can see what a healthy relationship looks like and, you know, see how, see what, but that, that's like a thought. I never act on it. It's like an errand. And I'm like, girl, no, you, why would you sit here and do all that faking? Well, I'm sitting here, I'm being not truthful to myself, but, um, but yeah, it's just like that whole thing. Yeah, but I, I think part of it is because they have always led us to believe from even being little girls that the goal is 
to be married and to raise a family. Yeah, so that's what I said. As, yeah. So 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 as as women, like we we have to validate ourselves by whether or not we have a man and how successful they are and what they can do and what you know, and and not what we can do for ourselves and what we actually need to make us happy. It's more about pleasing everyone else and people actually act like it's something wrong with you if you're an attractive woman who's single they never think that maybe you just don't want to be in a relationship or you want to enjoy time alone before being in a relationship or Mm. you know some people just don't want relationships some people really thrive in relationships some people like me i just don't like not being in one i don't like not having a man but you know here i am but you you also are settling like you aren't on tiktok giving us a 50-part series of how you were manipulated and made to feel stupid and taken advantage of like no you don't want to be single but you're also not being dumb well and also honestly if I had gone through something like that, I'd be too embarrassed to admit it. You know, I mean, there, there, there's been like, you know, you, you've been on sites and stuff and have like scammers approach you and stuff and you realize, you know, when that's what it is. But like when it's something that, you know, you, you know, like when it's something that's in real life that you're actually close to is not somebody that's living you know, in another state is somebody you can access. You don't think you'll be scammed like that. You think you're smart enough. You know? I mean, yeah, I know. I get it. My aunt, she was on a dating site, and I was telling her she was being scammed. She didn't want to believe me. Then she realized. I was like, I'm not... I think that (laughs) it just happens. People... It just happens for some people. Yes. You have to be careful. You have to be smart. But. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing about this whole story. (laughs) That I don't want to see happen. But I feel like it might. I was telling somebody. I was like. Do y'all remember. It had to be 10 years ago. In between seven to ten years ago on Twitter, there was a girl, her name's Solar Moon. She told this great, she tweeted, it was like a hundred and something tweets. And it was fun, it was a great time, honestly, to sit there and read her talk about it. But it was this wild story. She's a stripper. I think she lived in Ohio and she went to Florida for a weekend. And that weekend involved a friend of hers. They met a drug dealer. They were trying somebody tried to pimp them out. They somebody got shot. It was like all these crazy, this wild ass story, and they turned that shit into a movie. And um, <laughs> I went and watched the movie too. Wow. I was like, but they made a movie. I don't want to see this movie. If they make who the fuck did I marry? Who the fuck did I, did I marry? Does not need to be a movie. What needs to be a movie is that story about the lesbian preacher who scammed her wife, Lawanda. Now that story needs to be. I'm, I'm like, what? I, I guess I haven't been on social media as as much, and I'm I don't watch the news or anything. But I'm like, where do you find this stuff? I do know it's recently. Um, oh, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not 
on TikTok like that. I, I feel like I'm trying to think what her name is. No, I. You know what? I'm on TikTok when I see like my little um my little K-pop idol stuff that's on there and and other than that I'm not really on there actually I haven't really been on social media much in the past month and a half or so which is unlike me but I did see something um what, what you brought up with this made me think about something that came up in my little chat group the other day I don't know if you've seen this and I don't remember what the guy's name was but he was I don't want to say he was whining, but he was a little upset because he was going out on these dates with these women. And he was saying he was spending like $400, you know, on a first date trying to impress these women. And I'm thinking, okay, first of all, you know, you're not looking for the right kind of woman because if you're going out and you're spending $400 on a first date, you've messed yourself up right there because what are they going to expect after that? But then he was saying that this was only with black women. And I'm like, okay. And then, and then he proceeded to say, but he loved black women, but he wanted to know why, you know, this was the case that when he went out with a black woman that he was expected to spend $400. And I'm thinking, well, shoot, maybe I'm just a cheap date because $400 would get you a few dates with me. Because I, I, I guess I'm like, you know, the right person would not need all that, especially in the getting to know you stages, because that's not getting to know you, that's getting to know your wallet. And yeah. I do understand that if you're a certain type of woman, that yes, there are going to be certain things that you're used to. And if he's not used to spending that on a woman and he thinks that's too much, then he ought not be looking to date this caliber of a woman. Yeah, but you're right. I, I don't know. You just made me think about that when you were talking about the scamming and stuff. And the, you know, so there are guys out there too that, you know, want women, but they do stupid stuff. Oh, yeah. And I say spending $400 is, is, is something stupid, but if, if this is a relationship that Did he's he, invested but, in, but I could was, see somebody spending $400. Was he putting like himself a, a really in financial ruin? Was, he, was, it, was it hurting his pockets to spend $400? I, he didn't make it sound like that. He made it sound like that this was what these women wanted and he didn't think that he should have to spend that. I think it was more on the principle of the thing, like why do black women expect so much from you when they're just getting to know you? Oh, okay. But But he prefaced it by saying, but I love my black women. He did not well, say that he would date show. any other race, but that's what he wanted. He and he was a black man who was wanting a black woman, but then complaining because the black women he was going for. What were city he live in? What city he live in, child? Let oh, me gosh. go. Let me go over oh. there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Four hundred dollars for a date. It depends on where you go. Because I have spent two hundred dollars just going out to eat with my friends. I, I think that's a little bit different, though, because he's talking about meeting a woman and wanting to impress her. So he's so he's pulling out. But that's did the woman ask for that or did he just think that that's what she wanted? See, that's the other thing. You can't sit here really sure and be because it, it was such a short clip because because I've been told that people 
have this the they think that I have this level of expectation because of how I carry myself. I was like, did I say that? Did you hear that come out of my mouth? That's you with the pressure in your chest to act a specific kind of way because I've never given off any type of energy like that. I might present myself as unavailable because I'm book, booked and busy, but it's never it's never that. It's never let's go wine and dine. First of all, I don't even like I went to, like I said, I spent $200 going out to eat with my friend at this horrible restaurant in Washington, D.C. that really pissed me off. And I was very mad that I spent the $200. But <laughs> but it's, a lot of times people put these assumptions on themselves instead of just asking. Like, I think that folks just need to ask and say, this is what I want. And But to that I will say there are some women and there was like a conversation a couple of months ago about, you know, is Cheesecake Factory not the spot to take somebody on a date? I, oh, I remember you know, that. Like all of that. And I'm like, and I love the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, let's go. The, the, the menu is a little bit too much for me. Like I get overwhelmed because it's like a hundred pages, but I will go to Cheesecake Factory. Personally, I like places that are specific to the locale so i live in washington dc a lot of these places are gonna be the carry out don't take me to the carry out fry me some chicken wings and bring well, unless it's something but, that's like really good and authentic that you can't get somewhere yeah. else yeah, yeah. But, you know we can so eat like, and bring me bring me good yeah. takeout but. I, I i but even still i just going out to dinner is not my idea of a date anyways like that's just we gonna go get something to eat but we're doing something else i would hope <laughs> that, that, that doesn't impress me you know yeah no i, I, I want, go feed I want myself. something unique you know what yep you could take me on a cheap date you could take me for a picnic in the park and then we just go you know walk the boardwalk or wherever and talk and you know i'm happy with that it doesn't have to be anything expensive to me what a good date is is actually spending time getting to know someone but anyway let me stop with that because I'm, I'm gonna keep going on and on about that and i won't get to talk about the real stuff <laughs> well yeah so take isha to a picnic and a boardwalk in north carolina what fucking north what boardwalk y'all got in north carolina okay we do have beaches thank you i'm just talking and you general. live by the beach you know, so, no i don't live by the beach so what boardwalk but, you going to on your date but but <laughs> I, I do try to go there a few times during the summer, and I do occasionally ain't nobody, go to other I'm places. talking about right now, somebody wanted to take you out. They got to take you to the Outer Banks? No, there are, and, and I don't like the Outer Banks, but um, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, I, no, there, there, there are places in my city that we can go. There Y'all got to take Isha to Avon, North there. Carolina on her day. She just literally sat here and said, it's not that. I want a picnic on the... She wants y'all to fucking travel. No, y'all got to travel to take her. No, so you, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. You, you, can, you can meet me at Duke Gardens and we can sit in the gazebo and talk or we can walk around and look at the flowers. I'd be happy, perfectly well, happy cute. with that. You Duke know, Gardens there are... Really there are lots of little things to do around here. I actually, now I wouldn't go on a date here, but we have a uh, an 
a plantation that's still standing. Girl, I know good and damn well you are not going to no plantation. No, 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 not on a date. I'm just saying that there's a lot of stuff to do around here and just, you know, there's a lot of history around here. And we're I'm not really we're not that. talking about plantations on Black History Month. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going on no well, dates to the plantations at the end of Black no, History no, no, Month. No, no. You disrespecting no, no. Well, Carter G. Woodson. No, no, no. Okay. I will say that, and, and this was not my proudest moment, but this was somebody who didn't know they weren't from the country and they didn't understand a lot of things. And um, I had a Lithuanian friend and we went to the plantation and he was just so in awe because he he didn't understand this. He didn't understand like the whole racism thing and all of this and the fact that that this was done here. He was like with his little camera taking pictures of everything and I'm like trying to explain stuff like, you know, but it, I feel like sometimes it's something that other people need to see to realize, yeah, y'all really did do this. And this is what it was like, because it's like a guided tour where they go through and say, you know what, this is what happened here. And this is how this actually looked. And this is what was going on. And this was what was done here. And it's really interesting to see because I've been there a few times because I actually took my kids once to see because um, in private schools, when they do North Carolina history, there's not, you know, there's a lot that is left out. So, you know, I needed them to understand about slavery. And because I truly feel like if you don't know your history, if you don't know where we've been, when things start repeating themselves, you don't recognize it. So, you know, you need to know where we've been to keep you from going back to the same place. But anyway, that being said, yes, I took my little Lithuanian friend to the plantation. Yeah, that is so different than taking, you took somebody from a totally <laughs> no, 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 different it, country. Okay, wait, wait, wait. This was, let me preface it by saying, this was not a date. This was a I would hope not. I would like hope y'all was I would hope not. <laughs> No, no. I mean, there's other stuff around here. I mean, like we have museums. We um, my gosh, we've got so many little college towns around here, and and so many little good eateries and things. And we have like um, like food truck rallies, and there's like an area that they used to before COVID they would do free concerts in the, it was like a, a park type area where it's like a little courtyard, courtyard where they have live bands play. And one week it might be bluegrass, one week it might be jazz or whatever, but you just go with your family, your significant other or whatever, and you sit on the grass in the middle of this courtyard that was like in the midst of all these restaurants that had like a little, um, what do you call it? Not a, not exactly a, a pond, but well, it was like with a little waterfall and bridges and stuff, like really cute little stuff that you can do for free. Got it. I hear you. Well, so, you know, anywho. So y'all got like I said, y'all got to take each on a date to the board while y'all drive her to Avon, North Carolina, or she gonna go to a plantation. <laughs> <laughs> 
I should have never told you that. <laughs> and also, don't date niggas from Atlanta. They all scammers. Like, hello, this girl with this TikTok story, Portia Williams, or, with her um, man. That going to down love. Excuse me, I didn't say that. Oh, see, okay, now I didn't say that. I shouldn't have said that. That's yeah. scamming too. I, if you on the download, you scamming. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one who said it though. I'm just saying, if you on the download, you scamming sexuality. So yeah, the, Atlanta's full of scammers, sexual scammers, yeah. financial scammers, say, I, I, predatory scammers. It, it is the hot place for um black executives and black gay men. Anywho. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of gay people in Atlanta, of course. Not everybody's okay, on the down low. It's just like a lot of on, gay people on, on to the next one, because you know I keep talking about nothing forever. <laughs> so just, anyways. Just, just keep so me yes. stimulated and I'll just keep going. As long as I know I've got somebody who's interested. <sighs> got it. So Isha. Yeah, that was her who yawned, not me. Yeah, but I didn't go to sleep. <laughs> uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I knew that was going to come up. So what had happened was, I don't know how it got turned off because at one point I was like talking and you said something about Isha being asleep. I'm like, wait a minute. Isha was listening. I'm saying stuff. And you I kept saying stuff and I'm like, fuck out. I'm like, what happened? And I'm trying to tell him later, I'm like, what, what happened? And you were saying it. I didn't show up as something, but I'm like, I'm like, why is she talking over me? The levels was not moving. <laughs> and it sounded like I heard snores. So I was like, oh, she is okay, asleep. Okay. She is knocked out. Baby, no, you, what? Uh, well, I, you, <laughs> you might have heard snores, but they weren't from me. <laughs> it was from your no, little Lithuanian friend. Uh, no. No, they were not from me. They were they were from the three year old. So that's hilarious. Who sounds horrible? But bless bless their little heart. But yes. But anyways, we have really spent an hour talking about who the fuck did I marry and Isha's dating. You preferences. you did that. You and did Isha's, that. And Isha's dating preferences. So. <laughs> Oh, no, no, we didn't talk about my dating preferences because if we did, that would be a whole nother two hours. But so basically, you feel it fulfilling the stereotype. You a difficult black woman today. You already these niggas gotta take you out to the beach already. They gotta come scoop you up and take you on a road trip. No, actually, they don't. I'd be perfectly. You know what? If I'm with my person, as long as we're doing something together. We could be sitting on the couch watching something on TV, eating popcorn. You know. Yeah, I do know. It, it does. It does not. It does not take much to make me happy. I don't want to watch I TV, like but I would her. love for them to read me a book. I definitely enjoy hearing the male temper, oh, and they're reading a book. Oh my gosh, that is like no, I, I, I wouldn't be able to take that. There's um me being the bad me that I, I am in my little chat group. We have, I have been designated the smut librarian. Uh, that's the right place. And, th and this started because I innocently, someone said something and I made, I don't know if y'all have ever heard about, is it Nick the Cage Bear? Cage Bear? Anyway, this guy has like this really deep, sexy, rumbly voice and he growls. And when he growls, it is like the sexiest thing ever. 
So something we were talking about, and I said, oh, yeah, just growl. And they were like, what? And I, I posted like a TikTok of, of, of Nick, and um, they were like, oh, wow. And I said, you know, we were talking about voices. And I was saying, you know, I, I hate my voice because I feel like I I, I sound like the, the ugly stepsister in Shrek, you know, and I just don't like my voice. And so we started talking about this. And so, you know, everyone was giving like little voice samples. And one of the guys started talking. It was like, good Lord, his voice. So I'm like, okay, y'all, we're, we're going to have to get him to read some smut. So I found a passage from, um, I want to think it was Naughty Sins of a Saint, because it's like whenever anybody does anything, I always pick out like a nasty saint scene. And yeah, because he's still let them see them. that. Child. Yeah, and yes, saint he read that, disgusting. and good Lord, the women went crazy over his voice. Oh, let me. Let, well, I want to hear him too. Let me hear it. Oh, I, gosh, that's so far back. I'll, I'll have to get him to record his voice because we've actually tried to talk him into getting some voice work because his voice is that. I'll like, be the judge ooh. of that. Just tell him to call me. And, and, and interestingly enough, he's a Vietnamese man from California. Tell him to call me because I like pho. So tell him to call me so we can talk and I can add him to my roster. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm like, and you're about the right age for him and everything too. So I don't know. Let, let me um Yeah, let me let see me, what he let, let me, me see what he look like because he ought to be aesthetically pleasing. But yeah, tell him to call me. I want to hear what this voice is giving. But anyways, Isha, um I heard, I heard you loud and clear when you was like, I read Shabu story. I don't want to talk about it. <sighs> Fine. But <laughs> it wasn't that. It was just like. And this is Shabu by Antoinette Sherelle. If y'all do remember, before Aisha went on her two week nap, she. <laughs> <laughs> she was reading the Art of Hood Love series. I told her to read it by Antoinette Sherelle. She enjoyed Savvy. And then the second book in that series was Shabu. And the last so, book is so, finale. <laughs> but um but yeah. I got to the last book and then I got distracted by the blue sapphire book. Oh, did but, you read uh, you read both books? You read all three? Yes, I, I got halfway through um through the last one and I was oh, okay. like he was anno he was annoying me so both of them were annoying me so much. Yeah, by the middle of the last book they level out. You gotta remember Savvy is nineteen and he's twenty four. Well, well, but but that wasn't even the thing. The thing was, it was like in some moments, he was so believable and the, his love for her and their love for each other was so believable. But yeah. then there were like some things she did that I just wanted to throat punch her like, girl, what is wrong with you? You yeah. know, you admit you're in love with the man, but then you've got these twisted thoughts that just don't make any sense. And yes. you're letting that keep you apart. And that's and on, that's always the case. That's why I think I said it a few, like probably when we first started. I often err on the side of being with the man because the women have the dumbest mindsets at times. It just be like really, they just want to love you, and y'all be sitting here creating, being masters of confusion for no fucking reason. Be well, so annoying. I guess, I, I guess the thing was. 
I, I felt like at some point she was almost making him doubt himself because of, yes. you know, like I have, have turned another good girl into a bad girl, you know, like feeling, um, oh gosh, what was, what was the baby mama name? The baby mama that wanted the baby mama. Anyway, what was her name? Was it Khalid? Was it Khalid? Yeah. Okay, it, it was. Yeah. It was. And um, but I was thinking, you know, how um with Savvy, the stuff she had been through and whatnot, it was like I don't feel that she really I, I actually feel like she kind of made a change for the better. Who savvy? After being with him. Oh, hundred percent. What, what what I was expecting though from, from starting to read it with him, him. I don't use the N-word, but with, with him, okay, maybe I just say a street ninja, okay? I'll um, say it for you, was, this street nigga. Okay, I got you. Bless your little There, there were certain so things sweet. that I was, there were certain things that I was expecting of him. And, okay, now, in, in like, his real life with his family and his job and everything he he did what I expected in that but in his relationship with her it was like he was the one that was he sacrificed a lot to be with her and I think it started making him question himself because it was like okay you it started know to piss him off I don't think he was questioning himself because he stayed pretty he stayed pretty true to who he was but the fact that he saw himself bending for her and doing things that were out of the norm for him it began to piss him off and he was just he got to the point where he was just like what the fuck else like and that's why they broke up for a little bit i also think though that he realized he did it because of how much he loved her and that there were certain things that that she wanted like the whole thing with the time apart or whatever that Mm -hmm. it wasn't really something that he wanted but it was something she wanted and he felt like you know what let let me honor her wishes but But how crazy was that because they never were apart it it It, was stupid to me that that was the crazy thing i was like they're not apart i never got it the whole thing about the baby and the the eggs and all that that was just like okay come on i i, I didn't even need that in there but I, i'm just um I, I read it and i did enjoy the the first two books you know by the end of the second one it was getting kind of like okay yeah, it, was a little, it was over they, they, they're kind of yeah. getting to me now yeah. we could have stopped at book two <laughs> I, I I really was. I'm like, you know, let them have the baby. Let us find out, you know, what's going on with that. Then leave it be. I don't need everything else. All I need to know is the baby and if their relationship is going to survive. I don't need all the stuff in between. I did, you know, I, yeah, I can see that. But I did appreciate how they um, fleshed out Trish. What's his name? The brother, the youngest brother, and Michi. Their story. I. I love the conclusion of their story, and and they had to go through well, see, the hurdles that they see, went through. I, I don't even I don't even think I got to the conclusion of their story because I didn't finish the last. Oh, but but yeah, I will good. say, in, in in the whole series, they are what kept me reading. Yeah, they're they're good because I I could really like the stuff that girl went through and all she had to deal with, and the way that man stood by her side when he wasn't even her man that was impressive to me 
Yeah, that he he the he way was he was there for her. Yep. And the way he understood how to stay there and he would fall back, even though it hurt him to fall back, he was like, you should finish the third book just to read their story. Cause there's a lot of, cause she, Michi has a lot of healing that she has to go through. And she's, she does things that are detrimental to herself and he still sticks around and loves her through it. And that part for me was just like really great because for one, it's a very mature way to handle the situation. And they're very young, like 20 and 21. And he, and he had the, the mental capacity to know why she was hurting, why she was acting like this. And I'm going to stick here because they weren't a couple. They were friends. He always wanted Mm -hmm. to be with her but she didn't and he but his love for her and him understanding that she has so much more value than what she sees in herself in this moment was really really great to see and to read and i just really appreciated the whole thing and um even when she would the mistakes that she would make because we because as a reader and just being older, I'm like, I know why she's doing these things. I know why she's acting out in this way. And it would hurt him to see her do this and to see her behave how yeah. she behaved. But he would still stick around and be like, I, I you know. But I, but I, like I think the, fact that the thing with that was that he actually took the time. A lot of men who would have seen the things she went through would have been like, oh, that hoe, blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. But he actually, he he actually, like when he realized the things that had going on with her, why she was the way she was and the way he, I, that, that was just so, I, I, I don't know. I realized that, that they did start off as friends. They were friends, but I don't think his intention was to ever be friends i think he always wanted to be more but he knew that he knew she had healing that, to with, do. that i was gonna say he knew that with where she was she needed him more as a friend and i think he was a huge part of the healing process because yes. i think without him yes she knew what she had been through she knew what but she really needed without him he would without him being in her life she would have been like jessica yeah, just, and and, yeah, and that whole been. thing was that whole thing was wow when I realized who she was and what she man you know what I'm just wanting to throat punch everybody tonight <laughs> I want to throat punch her and drop kick her in the face but I honestly had I, a, I, 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 been, I didn't once once I finished once I read her story I did not like I hated her a lot but once I found out why she was the way she was I mean. The her demise was fine with me. I wasn't upset with what happened to her, but I wasn't angry with her anymore either. I just was really sad that um because can you imagine you having to have a relationship with someone who did what they did to you for like you have to consistently see them, you have to consistently be in their face, you have a constant representation of your time together with him when you grew up a very different way. And because he was petty and jealous and didn't trust you, he did the most unspeakable thing to you and ta- and ruined your life and your mindset. Like, yeah. you know, so 
um, yeah, I but, just... But that goes to what you were saying about the, you know, the the first conversation about women settling and stuff. You know, you, you see this, and it wasn't necessarily her settling. She actually, you know, thought she was in love with this guy, and she made a semi-mistake, and he just, you know, because of that, but she because never even she never made to... the mistake though. She ne- he thought she made a mistake yeah, he, and okay. he re- he reacted yeah, he, he out reacted. of overboard. And she well, was never and, and settling. The crazy thing, she never but the settled. crazy thing is though, I think he called himself doing that out of blood. He was so distraught because he finally, you know, had this this he had found this 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 diamond in the rough, or so he thought. And he well I but she wasn't even know. a diamond in the rough. She was a good, clean Christian girl. And he ruined her. She would go to church every Sunday. She would be in Bible study. She would be I'm, I'm trying she to and her mother. The reason he did it was, was she, she the, the reason or... she did the reason he did what she did, he did was because she after church was talking to somebody that went to church with her and they were having like a conversation. And his right, dumbass couldn't wrap it around that she wasn't doing something with him. No, that's not what I meant. I meant in the beginning when he first started talking to her. I don't remember if the appeal was that she was a challenge because she was a good church girl. Or, yeah, that's what the appeal was uh, for him. He because okay. he, he he grew up. So Shabu's family, Relic and all of them, they grew up extremely poor and they had to get it out the mud and all they knew was like ratchet shit. So he's encountered, Relic encounters this wonderful girl, Jessica. She's meek and demure. She goes to church. She walks with a Bible and she she stays with her mom. They like She was something, it was a breath of fresh air for him and she, he, he fell for her. He loved her. He was just like, I want to... This is what I want in my life. But because he's such a fucked up individual, he fucked her up. And it's like, he made her this monster. And like I said, her demise, she did a lot of wretched stuff. So when she- She really did. When they got her out of there, I wasn't upset that she was gotten out of there because, um, but I had a lot of empathy for her throughout the whole book. Like, it was just like, girl, I get it. Sorry. I, I, I just, I, you know, honestly, I didn't even want to see her name pop up, but, yeah. <laughs> but that that was so. The series was actually worth worth reading. I admit it was. Good. Um, I still can't say I'm really into your urban lit, but I'm about to give you something it, else. That that so I gave that was that's gritty. That was a dark urban romance, but I'm about to give you something light. Her. We'll give you something well, after good. that, after that, how can you expect me to do light? Because, because it's it's still heavy. It's a heavy topic. I told everybody to read it last week, and I'm gonna tell you, and I want you to read it this week. But um, anyways, let's talk about Blue Sapphire because you've been talking about this lady new book for a month. So you read it. What's the name okay, of the so, book? So, so I knew it was coming, and um, it. Hold on, it is called. Wild, Wild hearts, hearts. Mm-hmm. but but then okay. So let me say this, y'all. One one of my complaints about the book, and this is so funny, is that I did not realize that it was going to be a cliffhanger. So it wasn't until I sent Lacey the actual cover of the book, and as I looked down when I sent it, I saw part one. 
I was so ticked because I hate cliffhangers. And had I known it was a part one, what I usually do is I don't read part one until I, if I know part two is going to be out a week or two later, then yes, I, I might read part one. But like, if I'm not sure when part two is coming out, because with some people, I know with her in particular, she is so busy that she's always putting something out. And she, you know, she'd been involved with helping being a mentor to other writers. And so, you know, sometimes it might be six months to a year before the next book come out. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, shoot, you know, I read this and now I don't know how long I'm going to have to wait for the next one. And I also know with me being in, in school full-time this semester, me being able to read anything other than healthcare management and marketing and all the boring stuff that when I read this stuff, it this is my light stuff. This is my happy stuff. This is the stuff to relax me. Yeah. So in this book, it, it was basically a, a young love book. You know, we get these a, a young love and, and friends to lovers type thing where we have this couple um, start out when they're young. And then there's a tragedy that happens that kind of brings them together. And because of a misunderstanding, their relationship is basically torn apart. And we start the book with her going back home, knowing that she's going to come into contact with this person that she was in love with years before. And she's basically avoided her hometown to keep from seeing this person. Oh, I love And now she has no choice but to go back. And the way the book ends, you know, it's like, okay, I'm thinking we're going to find out, like, okay, she's going back. They're going to get this result. We're going to find out about the misunderstanding, why everything happened, why things are the way they are. And I'm turning the page thinking this is happening. And it's like, you know, basically part one is concluded. You know how you get to the thing and they're like, rate this on good reason, blah, blah, blah. Like, wait a minute, what just happened here? Mm -hmm. And then I'm flipping to see, okay, well, maybe this is one of the ones where the, they have like part one and then you flip a few pages and then at the end you see part two. And No, that's not what it was. And I was, uh, I was already, um, I'm not used to this type of, I won't say this type of book, but I'm not really used to her, her writing was a little bit different in this one. So it took me a little longer to get into it. And then by the time I was really getting into it and getting interested in seeing what was going to happen, it ended. But it's on a cliffhanger. I like when they <laughs> end like that. I, you know, I, I'm not a cliffhanger person, but, um, but if it ends like that, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm. First of all, I'm writing the author and be like, you, you know, you fucking wrong for ending this shit like this. But thank you, because now I know that I want to read. Um, you know what? There was one, and, and I still have it. I was looking the other day, and um, the, I actually I read this book, and it was so good to me. It was more like a romantic suspense. And when I finished reading it, it mentioned, you know. Part two, blah, 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 coming soon. Mm -hmm. and I'm waiting and I'm like, okay, finally. Because I'm notorious for like like messaging an author saying, hey, that was so good. You know, are we doing a part two? Is the next installment coming? What, what's, you know, what's going on with this? You know, yes, I'm that pesky little person that, that that's like in everybody's DMs saying, hey, you know, 
But when are you coming out? Oh, you be bothering the author. I don't do that. No, 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 no. What what I do is when I read something that's really good, I message them and I say, oh my gosh, this was so good. There have been some books that left so much of an impact on me that they really make me stop and question some things that were going on in my life just from reading these books. And the characters really stay with me. And I think, wow, you know, I've actually had some books where I have been um, like years ago, I used to read Suzanne Brockman all the time. This was back when I was into my room, room, excuse me, my romantic suspense. And she had these books that were Navy SEALs Team 16. And then she had another Navy SEALs team. So they were all military romances. And all of the people in the books were the guys that were on the same team and them meeting their girlfriends, wives, whatever. So the characters were pretty much the same throughout the books. And there was one particular character that I actually found myself thinking, oh my gosh, you know, where is my Sam story? You know, and, and this was like, because this man in this book, you know, was like, he seemed like the biggest redneck, but like when it came down to it, the way he loved his brothers and his woman was just so unreal. I was like, when am I going to find my Sam Starrett? You know, this guy actually had, and this has been, well, over 20 years since I read those books. But they made that much of an impact in like, um, like when I'm always referencing the Saint series for everything, and I know Tiana gets so tired of people asking stuff about Saint, but I read those books. I will go through the whole seven books, once every year and a half. Sheesh. And and you know those she doesn't write small books. Yeah, those books usually they're usually at least three hundred pages or more. I mean that's some of the smaller books, and but the that character made such an impact on me and the way he dealt with life and just his personality and the people he interacted with, it was, it just really stuck with me. So I've, I've, you've got to find some urban fiction that's really going to stick with me. No, I don't. I don't have to find anything that's going to stick with you. I just have to find some things that interest you. Because you read, you read from contemporary authors and not everything they write sticks with you, but you like it. That is true, but, but some of them, it's not necessarily the characters, it's the writers. It's their style of writing. So it may not be that I remember the characters, but I'll be like, oh my gosh, Lacey, you know, this, the way you worded this, the way you presented the, the, this this character's um what uh, what is it the, the the way this this character's personality just really came out in this book you make your characters so relatable or the characters are so believable or the scenes are so lively and so descriptive that i actually feel like i'm sitting in the room watching as things are taking place those are the type, types of things I look for. And I realized today, um, as I was finishing up the Blue Sapphire book, I really am a book snob. 
I really am because there are certain things that I just don't tolerate in a book. And if I start seeing them, I will just stop reading it. I'll put it down and come back to it later. And I, you know, I, I, I can't, I, I don't like bad grammar. Yes, I'm one of those grammar Nazis that, that I can't stand when a big way to turn me off, a guy who can't tell the difference between there, there, and there, that annoys me. Or your and your. That, Y'all and, and annoys me. T, when, you, when you use two wrong, T-O-T-W-O-T-O-O, that bothers yes. me. <laughs> when you can't spell receive, what is it? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I before E except after C. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no I mean th th things like that that just I'm like y'all these are things we learned in like second and third grade come on we got to do better than this mm -hmm. and I do realize that sometimes that, that the um that the software people use don't catch certain things like with, with things like that that you know they don't get things in context so when you type something wrong but I've actually read a few books where the author got the main character's name wrong like in one paragraph she'll call him Cody then two sentences down she'll call him Kobe Chad. and I'm like oh, okay I, I, I get there close or whatever but I'm, I'll be reading I'm like wait a minute now that's like, something like, they do right there absolutely like, like, wait wait do they have a twin brother or something what just happened <laughs> Really, I'm, I'm that bad because when I look, I look that close. If, if it's a book that I consider a short read, which is usually like 300 pages or less, something that I can read in like, I, I read pretty quick, something that I can read in like like a, a 200 page book, I usually can get done within like two hours if it's like reading. Mm -hmm. um, somebody like Pepper Pace or... Um, Rosa Knowles or Tiana Levine that tend to write very descriptively. It takes me longer to read because when they're writing something, I know that they've researched it well. And I know that I don't travel much and there are a lot of things I don't experience, but I have read about them. And when they write, the way they write is so well researched and it's so descriptive that I'm like, okay, it's going to take me some time to read this because when I'm reading this with this person writing it, I'm actually experiencing it. If mm -hmm. they're in Paris and they're walking past a cafe and, you know, you're smelling croissants and, and coffee and, you know, I'm actually smelling it because the way they've described it is so, that's the type of stuff I like to read. Mm -hmm. So... I'm a bit snobbish that way. I, I'll give someone a chance, but if I notice consistently, I realize that it's expensive for editors, and I do realize, especially in IR, that a lot of these are indie authors, and they're self-published. Mm -hmm. So to get a good cover, a lot of them are having to use the same stock images, and some of them may not be able to afford a good editor, or and I get that. But, you know, come on, y'all. If, if you can't afford that, at least be able to do it yourself and make it 
presentable enough for somebody to be able to read it and not have to stop every sentence to try to figure out what you were trying to say. That's it. That's it. And that's all. Like, each of them told y'all motherfuckers, reread your shit before you press deliver on the Amazon site. As somebody who is, my dream job would be to be an editor, but I realize I don't have the experience and I don't have the education for it. So therefore, you know, I um, used to have people that I would just like, if I, I am. You could be a peer reviewer. I am. I've, I've done, I've read like a lot of ARCs and I've actually had a few friends that did some things on Vela and, you know, I just kind of read as they wrote and, you know, they'd say, Hey, what do you think about this or whatever? And, and just given my input, but I know that as an aspiring writer, that's the reason I can't write because I know that I would have to write something that was believable, relatable, and able to catch and keep someone's interest. I don't like when I start a book and like from the first page, it grabs me and then it all goes downhill from there. You know, it was kind of like when you start listening to a song and it's just kind of, and then you hear the hook and it's like, oh man. And it kind of keeps you. Uh huh. But then it gets blogging like, oh, like, okay, do I want to listen to it for these few lines or do I, you know, Mm. just want to leave it alone? Well, let me ask you this. Do you like a slow burn or does it have to be bang, bang, bang all the time? I like it to build up to a climax. Cool. And kind of hang there for a minute, then slowly come back down. Perfect. So I do I, have, I, <laughs> I have another, yeah, I, these are very short. There's, it's a series, it's another series of three books, but they're very short and they're all, they're each standalones actually, but they're all related because it's about, um, brothers and a best friend so there's an author she writes really soft contemporary stories and i personally adore this series of people so much and i really and i know i said it before so i gave you the savvy the art of hood love and that was like super dark super gritty super hood like Yes, I wanted to know what you thought about that because you're coming strictly from IR. This, I want to know how it touches your heart because these books, they made me happy to read. And I think I've mentioned before, like I started reading the urban fiction and I was definitely into the hood, the thug, the drug dealers, the gang bangers, all of that. Like I still will read that, but... I'm more into the soft aspect and I'm more into the realistic job aspect of things, right? So um, there's a... I'm going to tell you, I used to laugh at at people who read urban fiction because I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what, what is the interest in that? It's a lot. There is so many, just like in IR, there's so many nuances. Like there's, there's the, the hood fiction, the hood story, there is the, there's so many, there's, there's, it's, that's why I'm doing this podcast because it's so, there's so many facets to urban 
that are like everybody puts it into this one box and it's it's so much more and i really and the books that i'm about to talk about now are so much more like they're not even hood but they are considered i think that they put them in the urban literature section because it's written by a black woman which sucks because it's just a contemporary romance all three books but this woman named ashley nicole and after you read these three books you can i feel like she only writes short stories like these books aren't even 200 pages long oh wow but um (laughs) the first one is called it's not called bless your heart is it yes it is first one's called bless yes so ashley nicole and i sent you i sent it to you the first one's called black bless your heart it's a puerto village novel so ashley nicole has created this little community and it's a very small country community in i think they're in tennessee they're close to they're not far from atlanta so they're they're in tennessee it's this really small when I say very small, maybe like a thousand people live in this community, right? And so the first book, Bless Your Heart, is about um a doctor named Keegan Francois. He's like the most eligible bachelor in this small town. He went off to New York and got his degree. Um, he's a doctor. He went to Columbia University. What? Wait a minute, is this guy Haitian? No, they're just black people. Oh, okay, I, I, okay. I'm, I just I mean, heard the last name and I just thought, okay, is he Haitian or? Okay. No, I just feel like she just gave him a fancy last name. Like, okay. <laughs> he's black. They don't, they don't really, no, he's just black. Um, but, um, but anyways, he, he, he comes back his, so this is all pr- prior to the book actually happening. He goes off to school, gets his degree. His parents are married because they're, like I said, it's a small town, small town, mm-hmm. small town feel. His dad passes away while he's in New York and um, he moves back because his mom fought, felt falls ill. So when he moves back, he um, takes up, he doesn't take over the practice, but he and the only other doctor in this town have a practice together. So that's the, the scenario about him. There's a woman named Charity who buys this huge house. She's from Connecticut. She's an author. She writes she writes <laughs> romance novels, but she's an author and um, she moves to the area. So she's a stranger in town. And so it's a story about the two of them and how they, they get together. Again, it's a short story. So with that being in mind, when people write short stories, she does a very good job of fleshing the story out really well. But some people are always like, I didn't get enough of this, that, and the third. I'm like, well, how fucking much do you, you mean like me? <laughs> how much do you think this lady's gonna put in 176 pages? But I think yeah. the story was very I liked it a lot. And and because again, like I said, it's nothing it's full of like just small town gossip people being haters from that small perspective so there's that then the second book it introduces um it's called let's get married a Pareto village novel and this is like an arranged marriage story but it's from a it's from a twist i don't want to the reason i don't want to talk about how these people get married because it's not it's not the typical arranged marriage story like it really isn't it's not i've never seen anybody approach getting married the way that the character the way the characters get married i've never seen it done before and so this is about um 
Molly and Zach, they both grew up in... Molly and Zach? Okay. Yeah. The, okay. They both grew up in Pareto Village. Zach is a preacher. His father is a preacher. So he's a PK. And Molly is just like <laughs> a girl. And they actually... Everybody wanted them to get together. Like I said, this is a small town. People have always been like, oh, y'all need to get married. Y'all need to get together. Y'all need to do this. Y'all need to be the couple. Bada, 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 bada. And because the community was pressing them to be together, they intentionally stayed apart. And so Molly <laughs> went off and she's like a screenwriter. She became, she did a lot of work in California, made a lot of money, and she moved back to Puerto Village. Zach is. I think he does like financial consulting. So he works in Atlanta, but he comes back to Puerto Village on the weekends. So um, they're still like friends because they're all like in the community and it's their story. And it's, I, there's, this wasn't the first book that I read about this village, but their story really touched my heart a lot because it's just, mm. it was real. it really did. Like I really enjoyed reading their story and being in this little small community right so that's the second book and then i sent you the first one and when i sent you the first one you can download all three at the same time the last okay. book which was the one that i actually read first which made me go back i was like oh i gotta read more like when you when I first read the book, like the foreword in the book by Ashley Nicole, she was like, when I mm -hmm. wrote when I wrote um, Bless Your Heart, I knew I was going to have to write about the pastor. And so I was like, oh, so I guess after I read this book, I'm going to go back and read the other ones. So take me to church. Now, I mentioned Zach before, and I said that he was a PK. Zach has two brothers. One brother is Dion Jr. And then I forget the other brother's name. Take Me to Church is Dion Jr.'s story. Dion Jr. is <laughs> the pastor of the church in Puerto Village. And he's single. And he has been single since he took the claw. So for eight years, he's been single. And he hasn't tried, he hasn't done anything out of line that a pastor would do. And so it's his love okay. story between him and um, Naraya. And Naraya is also a pastor's kid. So there's Puerto Village and then there's this other city that is a little bit away. And her father is the pastor of their church in that city. But things have transpired between her and her family that she breaks. So wait, 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 wait. It is... This almost sounds like Christian romance. I mean, no, it? it's not. It's not Christian romance at all. No, it's not. I, I mean, okay, so the way you're describing it almost sounds kind of sweet. See, not really, not really gritty or hard or. I literally just said before I talked about these books that none of them were gritty or hard. They're just contemporary no, well, romance. Uh, I heard that, but I'm <laughs> saying that it, it, it just, I guess, just from the way you talked about the genre in general, it, it just doesn't fit. So when you said that, no, said I don't, but I, I've know? said, I, I've, I've been saying like the genre is, it, there's a bunch of different facets to it. It's not just one oh, but way. It, but, it, but it, it's, see, I, I guess because regardless of genre, it, it's kind of like when you mentioned IR, it, no matter how you say, well, well there are different tropes and there, there are different subgenres of this, 
people aren't going to, no matter how much you say it, people are just going to look at it as this being IR. They're not even going to see it as, as you know, being different races involved. They're going to specifically be, see it as like a black person and a white person and not think about. So like when you say urban fiction, even when you say the different things, uh, even when you say that everything's not gritty and everything's not still in my mind, it's like, okay, but yeah, that's and that's that's good this. and well, which is why it, I created this podcast. It sounds like a little mini series, but that's why I created this podcast for that very reason. So I'm glad you're taking that in. But that's the point. That's the, what you're saying. That's the whole point of the reason why there's an Urban Whispers Lacey Night Chronicles because I want people to understand that just because it's urban doesn't mean that it's street. Just because it's urban doesn't mean that. People are being killed. The people have hard lives. The people, and I get that, but I, I guess when you hear the term "urban," that no matter how you try to describe it, different. Even though I did hear you say that this isn't this is this and this, in my mind, I'm still thinking, but it's urban, so it's this. I'm waiting for you to bring in that other part that's going to make it. I'm sound not. Like- I'm not going to bring in another part. So I'm not. It's not going to. That's not what this is giving at all. It's not. It's a. I, I like I said before. I think that it's categorized as urban romance because this is a young black woman who wrote the, the series. She's not. She does have some urban street literature, but these books are not that. So, but okay. but anyways, take me to church. It's not a Christian novel, but he is a pastor and he does respect the vows that he took to be the pastor of his flock. So, with that being said. He, this is a love story that he has with a woman named Naraya, and it's great. And when I and okay. I and and I read this book like nervous <laughs> because because it is a pastor, and I have like my expectations of pastors. And mm-hmm. even though I know, I, even though I know, like everybody is a man, and we all fall short before the Lord. But I was just like, I just, I just don't need this pastor to be dropping it low and spreading it wide in the church like that was what i was hoping and it did not it did not happen pastor dion pastor dion is the best he is amazing this story like i said i read this story before i read the other two and i was just so appreciative of the way and this is a true slow burn because when i tell you that they followed the rules they followed the rules all the way through. Love it. You know what? I'm, I'm glad that this sounds like, <clears throat> excuse me, it sounds like something that I hate it when people who don't know anything about being in church or, you know, growing up a certain way try to write it. And then as soon as you start re- reading it, you realize this isn't how things usually work in the church. And you and so then for the whole rest of the book, it it's like, you know, you know, it's not going to meet your expectations because they didn't research it well enough or they haven't lived it or, you know, that they don't have the experience to deal with it in a way that is going to come across as as being um, genuine to the reader. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that this is it is genuine. So, again, because they're he so these people are not young. They're like in their mid 30s to 40s um because again 
the Dr. Francois, he's a doctor. He has his own practice. So, you know, when you go to medical school and then you pick your, your specialty, that's like 10 years right there. And then he's been practicing. So he's like 35, 36, I think. Yeah, everybody's 35, 36, except for Pastor Dion, because he's the oldest. And I think he might be 41. But um, read these books. I, now, I, I will say that I am remiss. I was not correct. The first two books are less than 150 pages. Take Me to Church okay. is 302 pages. But it, when I tell you the story is very interesting, like like I said, people, folks want to, because it says he's a pastor, people want to be like, oh, this is Christian romance. It's not. It's contemporary. I would call it urban contemporary romance if I had to give it any type of title. But um, those three books are, I want you to read them. They're, I actually wanted you to read something else, but I just remembered that you already read, I'm introducing you to a different author. The other book that I wanted you to read was by Antoinette Sherrill, and it's not urban either, but, um, and, and I will ask you to read it later. But not not and this Antoinette time. Sherell, she was she was the one uh, that did Savvy, right? Yeah, but she has she had okay. another book, um, Salvage My Heart, that I was like I wanted you to read, but no, I prefer you read these three, so we could talk about these. Okay. <laughs> I'm super excited that you're going to talk about them too. I'm so excited, so excited. Now, before we get up out of here, because I do talk about the urban and I do talk about that hood shit, I do want to shout out. The homie, well, she's not my homie. She don't even know me at all. But Takara, <laughs> the author Takara, she has a series that I am really tapped into, and it is called The Richmond Crime Family. I said those three words. Y'all know what the fuck is giving. Um, she has her third book in The Richmond Crime Family will be out by the time this podcast airs. It comes out this weekend, and it's called Keandre. And so <laughs> the Richmond Crime Family series, you have Nazim, Nassim. I don't, because I don't, she doesn't tell me how to pronounce the name. So I'm just, but I'm usually good with phonetics. So it's Nassim. And then there is uh, his brother. And then Keandre is their cousin. And then Keon is the last book. But the third book okay. of the Richmond Crime Family comes out this weekend. And it will, it's already out by the time this podcast comes out. But it's the third book and it's about Keandre, who's like the, he is the gun runner in the crime family. Like he handles all the guns. So we get a little bit of that type of drama. So Nas, the first book with Nas, Nasim, he is the head, but he, that's an arranged marriage story. And it's also about him being just, he has to do the arranged marriage and be married to his wife so that he can assume the role of the head of the family and then his brothers in the second book and he's just in he's crazy and in a really toxic relationship and he finds somebody but that's that and then we have Keandre whose book is coming out that's already out so congratulations to you Takara um I don't even know nobody even recommended 
you to me like usually I read books off of recommendations you just popped up and I see them just popped up in my Amazon and I read it and I was like oh I fucks with this and I was super excited that she's this is a series but they all are considered standalone and she said that she's going to have a total of five so there's like okay. books about the four guys and then there's a con compilation book and I think that that is something that urban writers are now starting to do a lot of I've noticed this recently is that if they write I guess for some readers they don't want to um some urban readers I'm suspecting I could be wrong they don't want to buy the book separately so what these authors will do is they'll release their books separately and then they'll put the whole all four books together into one thing that people can buy so i think that's what she's going to do she's going to have each book written okay. and then she'll have the fifth book will just be all four stories into one book but you know what they might might be doing too though is some people can't read but so much at one time so by breaking it up and doing it that way you know if you get one book that you can do in a sitting and another, well, no these you know, books are long the 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 guy no, that's no she she's no she, yeah that's not it she she's telling four different stories it's not that we're reading in different settings it's literally four different stories that are happening and if she were to try to put them all together a reader like myself would get pissed off like i've read books where authors and i was saying this to somebody like there's a book that was super popular last year it's called demon's dream um, by L. Kaysen, and I do love that book, but I don't think that she should have made it. I think that that should have been broken apart. There were three stories that are happening all in once in that one book, and each story could have been split into oh, three. Gotcha. And so I think that Takara is taking the right mindset because she could very easily have told. Because a lot of times, and I've said it before, the bane of my existence is when they write in first person and you, you realize this chapter is Susie's chapter, then this is Mark's chapter, then we got Stephanie's chapter, then we got Evan's chapter. It's like five different stories happening in this one book and I got to remember, oh, and then because you're saying, I feel this way, I feel like this every single time, I'm, I got to remember that I'm reading from the perspective of whomever the chapter is about. And so... I and that grates my nerves a lot and Demon's Dream was a really great gritty read but it really smoke and um the sister deserved their own book because their story was super intense but that's another time that's another conversation for another day <laughs> okay <laughs> but yes but I do want to just say yay shout out to Takara for doing her third book I, I really want to read Keon's story which is another reason why I'm glad she wrote the third book because Keon is like don't nobody know nothing about him <laughs> he just okay. be around so he's like elusive and I love me an elusive because that means he's crazy so you know you know I love my crazy people so <laughs> so I'm excited about that so you have your you have your homework Isha and I definitely want to know, yeah, yeah. but I will tell you, it's like, like I said, it's just the, this is plausible. All three stories are very 
these things could actually happen. Like, like I said, okay. you got a doctor and a writer, they come together. Then you got a screenwriter and this man who's a fine, who does whatever he, he does some type of business job in Atlanta. They come together. You got two pastors, you got a pastor and a PK. They come together. And, okay. and I will reread these with you quite honestly. <laughs> okay. That, that'll be, yeah. So then we can really have a true discussion. Well, I mean, I've reread Savvy, so I'm able to. And Savvy. Yeah, but see, I, I think that was something that you. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe you would have, but I, I think some things, though, when people mention rereading, you kind of look forward to rereading it. Yeah, I look forward to reread. I love. I love that. The art of love. I love. I have read that a couple of times. Like, I've gone well, back. That, that's the way. That's the way I am about where love is found. If I tell somebody about it and. um. So you reread it when we talked about it? Oh, I did. Oh, sucky, sucky now. I definitely did. That is one of my favorite books by that author. And that's one that, that people don't talk about a lot. And incidentally, Tia Rain has, um, has a new book in the works. The last book of the church series, Beast, she's working on that now. Mm, okay. And if, and if you follow her on Facebook and you join her group, you may actually see little snippets of that as it comes along. Sometimes she does. Sometimes she doesn't. But, you know, might want to take a look at that if you liked Where Love is Bound and you are interested in more Tia Rain, then take there a look people. Shout out to the five people that I bought that book for. Y'all join Tia Rain's Facebook group so y'all can be a part of it. And if you, if you uh, read the savvy the heart of her love series Antoinette Sherrill has a Facebook group called trapped in my net isn't that so I love that she's so smart <laughs> I really I was like I like that a lot I was like you know what that's her Facebook I, I just thought of something that I, I, I was just you know my, my little thing that I wanted to say at the end instead of same bat time same bat channel okay Never came up with that. Oh, I thought you just came up. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I've, I've got to have something that's totally unique to to Isha and Lacey. It, that's something that, that really shouts Isha. And, you know? Yeah, girl. And I've been thinking about that, and I can't. It's fine. You got plenty of time. I'm, this podcast ain't going nowhere. We're trying to grow it. I'm trying to. We're trying to get a listener in Canada. How we got? How <laughs> we're in six countries, and I was like, why is Canada not listed yet? Well, so, you know what? There, you know, there is a certain author friend you have that's. Uh, I know, amazing. and I know, and that's why I was like, how the hell is Canada? That means my friend not listening to my shit, and I'm gonna have to check her on it. Yeah, and I'm and I'm like not unless she's just, she just using like a VPN. Unless she's using a VPN, but um, yeah, she's about to put out a book. I'm gonna hit her up and see if she wants to come on. But um, okay. but yeah, and I'm like, maybe I didn't tell her that I maybe I thought I said I had a podcast and I didn't tell her, but um, because she definitely because I like I said I post about this on Instagram the most. I don't post about it on any other Instagram and Twitter and mm-hmm. TikTok. I don't do too much Facebook, which is where she resides. So okay. I'll hit her yeah, up and, and, and let I'm, her know. And I'm supposed to be doing that. And you know how uncomputer savvy I am. It's all good. It is all yeah. 
I mean, like bad, bad, like to the point of um, doing a midterm exam last semester in Excel and goofing up and like totally erasing my file. Bless it. Yeah. Bless Yeah. it. Yeah, that bad. Yeah, that statistics stuff you were helping me with. Yep. That was it. Statistics is my <laughs> shit. I love statistics. That's my shit all day. Every well, heck, I'll be hitting you up soon again then. I'm happy to help y'all. I'm happy to help these uh these brilliant minds go to the next yes, level. Yes, because there will be more statistics for healthcare research. Exactly. I'm all about it. Yeah. Ooh, yes. <laughs> but anyway. Well, this was great. Welcome back. Uh everybody, y'all, y'all read these books too and let me know if I'm tripping or if these stories are just as darling as I feel. And also let me know what oh, y'all think about that crazy ass lady with the who the fuck did I marry? Am I off kilter with my thoughts? Or, you know, like let's talk in the DMs and in the email and on the socials. You can find us anywhere. podcasts are found thank you all for rating on apple podcast we have a five star rating so i definitely appreciate that but go everywhere like i'm every when i say we are everywhere i mean we are everywhere so go subscribe everywhere rate everywhere uh leave a comment everywhere tap in and chat with us everywhere (laughs) such as instagram urban whispers podcast Facebook, Urban Whispers Podcast, Twitter or X, Urban Whispers Podcast One, and TikTok, Urban Whispers Podcast. You can also email us at Urban Whispers Podcast at gmail.com. I check everything all the time. I love yes, to talk to you guys. I be on it. I be making the I, I this is like giving me the best joy of 2024. <laughs> <laughs> y'all keep, it is i i get i'm super excited about it so um i'm oh, i enjoy it too this is a huge passion project and it's been something i've been talking about for a number of years and i'm glad that yes she has and so um yeah so I, I appreciate y'all for rocking with us and um we are past two hour mark I'm going to sign off here and say we will see you. Actually, you won't see Isha next week because the next episode is the kickoff of my birthday month. And that episode will be introducing me and my cousins. I am so excited that you all will be meeting Alexia and Sloan. Sloan is the woman who introduced me to the urban hood genre so y'all get to chat hear her commentary next week (laughs) and it's the kick of my birthday month so shout out to everybody for black history month shout out to carter g woodson for black history week um happy belated side chicks day to the side chicks i hope (laughs) y'all niggas did y'all right on february 15th you know Shout out to to that trifling ass President George Washington. His birthday's coming up. Uh. <laughs> oh, there she goes. <laughs> I'm telling y'all. Shout out to everybody and uh, peace out, Cub Scouts. You got anything you want to say, Isha? <sighs> oh yes, I guess that would be a goodbye. Good night. See you soon. But. Same bad time, same bad channel. <laughs>
I gotta find something catchier, but yeah. That's it. That's all. Nothing Later. Later, alligator. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thanks again. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye.